Put it there, boy. We'll show these fascists what a couple of hillbillies can do. Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you, fascists, you may be surprised. I mean, in this world we kept getting likes on our All You Fascist Facebook page. Not so much on All You Wonderful People, so... Okay, well, there's two reasons. One, of course, is that fascism is uh, alive and well. That's for sure. Uh, fascism is like uh, Jason from the Friday the 13th movies, you know? Yeah. Like it can't be killed. <laughs> well, I, I think that's actually true. It, it's 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 a it's a it's I think it's a personality type. Well, it rebrands. It's it goes into the shadows and it rebrands itself as something else. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, don't call a fascist a fascist. They hate that. But usually, of course, it it, it wraps itself in uh, the the garment of nationalism and patriotism. Often, yeah, uh, that seems to be a common theme. Oh well. I mean, it's it's an inherent part of it. Uh, ultra patriotism, super patriotism, super patriotism, to some idea. Right. Uh, I I don't know how you can call yourself a super patriot and try to dismantle your government, but whatever. Well, you know, you get sold a bill of goods on the front side of that, which is uh, your government is tyrannical, so you got to do this. So, and it was about a year ago that we decided we're, we're entering a new era of, I mean, uh, Joe Biden had just won the election. Uh, we, you know, made Trump a one-term president. It looks like this, all this was on the, I had it on the run. And uh, boy, did we were wrong about that. Uh, yeah. Down. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Biden is in trouble, you know. Uh, in, ter- well, in terms of popularity, that. I think most of that's unfair. Sure, but it's real. I mean, you can see it on Twitter. You know. Oh, absolutely. I've been charting absolutely. this. I, I mean, even even uh, even lefties are uh, criticizing him. Um, and I, I but mo- most of the criticism I'm hearing, I, I don't think it's stuff that his his fault. Price of gas, uh, that unfortunate uh, pullout from Afghanistan. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's a list of things that one bad luck, um, two not his fault anyway. Well, well, I, maybe not even bad luck. Maybe I mean the, the the restart was destined to have hiccups no matter who was in office. I mean, you know, you well, can, you know, coming back from the you know previous four years. Well, I'm no, well, I'm speaking directly about the shutdown, the 2020 shutdown. Like, you know, coming back from that was going to be hiccupy. You know what I mean? I don't think it's right. Biden's fault that people don't want to go back to slave wages. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, really? I mean, this this would have happened no matter who who was in office. Well, right? I, I, I think mean, it would have been I think it would have been much worse because um, at, at least, well, actually, the Republicans have been pretty effective in stopping. The, the very programs that we need to revitalize the economy and, you know, keep the population safe. Uh, you know what else hasn't helped? What? Uh, falling asleep all the time. That's not helping. You know okay. what I mean? Forget, forgetting where you are. Forgetting, forgetting what's happening. Being yeah, at, being I, at a, 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 an event, a public event, and forgetting that you're supposed to be up there. So there, there's all of that. And, and of course he was never an exciting choice for me. There's a difference between being a boring person and being doddering and too old for the job. Right. This is not an ageist thing. There are people in their seventies, eighties, nineties who are completely mentally spry and no problem. Right. This is, there's a range of, deals there when you're in your mid seventies, late seventies, you know, it's a range. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making any comments. I want a 75 year old president. I'm, I got no problem with that. 
but but he honestly yeah but no i i prefer an older president i want a guy who's been around the block a couple of times has seen generations has seen the country over generations of public service yes absolutely and he's he's got some 30 years of national and international politics under his belt okay when someone is too old to hold the remote control anymore for the tv okay (laughs) then they're too old to be in charge of the nuclear arsenal in my mind Right. He's falling asleep. I mean, you know, this isn't... Look, you make sure he has proper rest, but you also put a little buzzer in his suit that can shock him when he starts to... <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, not, to nod. not to hurt him, but just to wake him up. Oh, shit. Okay, where am I? Okay, boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, think yeah. he's, I, think he's, I think he was the wrong choice. For the Democratic Party. For any political party, why would you select a candidate that you know can't run for re-election? You, like, you know that. There's no way he can run again. What if it had been Bernie, which it really should have been? To me, Bernie uh, has aged before my eyes at least 10 years, and uh, he's just as sharp as he was 10 years ago. He has not lost a step. As far as I can tell, I think you're absolutely right. (laughs) You know, I don't (laughs) Okay, I'm sure you could pull up a video of Bernie misspeaking or... Being old, I'm sure you, I'm sure that exists. Yeah, right. But I pull up uh, videos of him all the time, and I haven't seen one yet. I haven't seen that argument made about him at all. So, yeah. so he would be one of those ones that could probably go into his mid 80s before he starts to decline. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, that would have been an, an older gentleman that could have uh, been reelected. But okay, uh, but so he's he's probably you know the. He would have been the progressive, which seems to have a lot of support amongst the American people. But uh, Democrats in Congress, he's like 30% of Democrats. Look, the scam is up with the Democratic Party. It's over. They are this, this, the, that is not the party of progressive politics. You can't say that anymore. You can't say um, it. You can't say it. They so say, why did, why, did, uh, why did Biden go so far in that direction then? Because they spoke the, the jargon. They made it seem like they were down with those policies. They, we, we, we are the ones that support. They were happy to attach themselves to progressives. They were happy to do that before the election. Now, okay, so there was a minute when, what were you going to say? No, I'm saying now they have the opportunity through executive order and through congressional action to do a lot of things, and they're not, they're not doing those things. They're dropping those so things. So part of that, and a, a big part of that, is the Democratic Party itself, and we, we can talk about its two members. Manchin has held up the—we'd we, have $3.5 uh, trillion uh, if it weren't for Manchin. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, you can't. We're we're down to two, and you can't get that. Okay, so the the Republican Party. Let's go back before Trump went into office, the year before, right? Yeah. Okay, they they effectively blocked uh, Merrick Garland, right? Yeah. Okay, so they were already playing an aggressive, hardball, outside the lines version of policy and politics, even before they seized power. They were doing that. Right. Then we had four years of Trump. They stacked the court. They <laughs> crossed every line they could. Yeah. And now... Well, we, you know, yeah. When you're a minority party, that's what you got to do. But now here we are. We're in a position through executive order and through congressional action to go after some things. You know, he's not using... He's not wielding that executive order power like he could get away with. What does he care? He's a one-term president. Well, okay. So maybe not recently. However... Um, he had 20 executive orders the very first day in office. Yeah, but a lot of those were just slapbacks against Trump. I mean, the, none of that was... Yes, Matt, right. Rejoin the Paris peace, um, you know. That was political so grandstanding. Stuff, yeah, yeah, right. He could do the minimum wage thing, right? He could set a national minimum wage, just do it by executive order. I'm not sure how that would work. You know, emergency uh, pandemic wage, minimum wage, tie it to the pandemic, yeah. national emergency, yeah. economic emergency. Yeah, so he's up against a conservative court, though. He's up against a conservative uh, movement within his own party. I'm telling you, the parties have flipped. They've flipped. Now the Democrats are the moralists and the, uh, the Republicans are, see themselves as freedom fighters. Yeah, they do. 
It's a well, scam. I'm telling you, the whole thing, this proves it, I think. The fact that these vital, vital programs are being struck down as part of this deal, it proves it. I, uh, I don't think there's any difference between the political party. I don't think you can say that anymore. They're, they're, it's all bank party at the end. Well, it's always been always bank party. Um, and I think, the, I, I, I think the Democratic Party is to the right of the American people. I think that the American people are more progressive. Not on, um, not on Twitter. <laughs> I'm telling you know what I do is I do a litmus test once a I'm month. I'm talking about polling. I mean, once a month. Well, I mean, I think Twitter is uh, Twitter is a pretty good poll too. I mean, it gives you a sense of who's online and who's active on this. Yeah. Uh, so I, every month I go in. I when Biden posts something, you know, I I jump in first few comments and make a positive uh -huh. comment. I make a positive affirmation right. to Biden. Yeah. So as, as, as recent as two months ago, uh, what would happen is a bunch of negative comments would come in and then a, a deluge of positive comments shouting those people down would happen. Okay. That's every right. month. Every month has been like that. Not anymore. I'm telling you, the supporters have went into the shadows. They're not, they're not, they don't want the abuse. Um, right. And this uh, election in uh, New Jersey and, uh, and, Virginia hasn't really helped. I, I think it's taken the wind out of the sails of the Democratic Party a little bit. I don't think it's Republican v. Democrat anymore. Now the, now the lines are broken down about how you come out on vaccination, on COVID, and on, man, on vaccine mandate. Like there's, there's, there's three things at play there. And it's, it's split everybody up. Though That's the battle that's happening. Va so weird. Vax versus unvax, mask versus unmask, and, uh, you know. Well, that breaks down to the political part to Republican Democrat pretty well. But the the mandate is the is the the twist. The vaccine mandates. There's a portion of the Democratic Party that's not in favor of them. So it's you've you've kind of divided your own party a little bit with that. His um, his his approval rating continues to dip. So it's it's we're seeing the effects of it in polling. The thing they're thinking uh, shot McAuliffe uh, down, Terry McAuliffe down, um, was his his uh, comment on he doesn't think parents should be that involved with the uh, curriculum at school. That's a great comment, huh? Right? <laughs> Moron. I mean, I, I pretty much think that, too. I mean, you hire the experts. Uh, whenever you get, uh, you know, even the school board weighing in on curriculum it it it's never good you get you get stickers on your science book uh evolution's just a theory kind of stuff yeah, you, but you need the the parental involvement in the curriculum you you need that communication you need that involvement you you need you need some investment you know what i well, mean well we always did you know and but at about the right level it left um you know it left uh, school boards to decide you know, curriculum, but, you know, basic, and you, you elected people to the school board that had education experience. So all of that's gone by the way. You know, this, uh, this, this vax, unvax, mask, unmask deal, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, uh, humans are very good at theorizing, coming up with a hypothesis and then believing that that's the truth. Yeah. Right. And, and excluding anything to the contrary. That, that's what well, we, that's what yeah, we do. But, so, but they, f they follow, I mean, it's so weird. I, you know, I talked to my father, Trumper, you know, conservative and, you know, I, and I talked to him and he, and he goes, well, what about the, you know, the crisis at the border? You know, I, right. he, he got that, I mean, straight from Newsmax to, you know, through him to me. Sure. And so, you know, it's, it's weird that they call, you know, you know, there there are people who oppose them, sheeple. Right. Um, whereas you know, liberals seem much more independent minded to me. So I don't know. You know, we may look back in a hundred years or two hundred years at the pandemic, our handling as a as a globe of the pandemic. You and me. I'm saying, hopefully, you and me from your mouth right? from your mouth to God's science, ears. Yeah. Well, if I can figure it out. Um, <laughs> Probably not, though. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but scientists, um, 
you know, may look back on our handling and, and conclude that this was the best way to handle it. That, that if you take 30, mandate. no, 30% of the population being very militant about everything, oh, right. 30% kind of agreeing, but kind of half-assing it. And then another 30 something percent, uh, outright denying it. Like they may, we, they may determine that this was the optimum way to deal with it. Well, that would count on a certain amount of, of what they call herd immunity. Um, you know, just, you know, enough people who got it and died, you know, or enough people who got it and got in, you know, an immunity that way. Um, that so, so few people are now getting it that, you know, it's not a real danger to, you know, the people who have it. So that's the idea. However, uh, the, uh, Look, there are some virality. Okay, here, let's put it this way. Okay. Smallpox never reached herd immunity. Okay. Never. And it was around for hundreds of years, and it would it would go up and it would go back. So maybe there was a, a tiny bit of herd immunity that was involved in that, but it never went away, and it was always the biggest killer um, uh, of, of people. The 50% infant mortality rate in the 1700s was mostly due to, to smallpox. We didn't beat smallpox until we got a vaccine. And that's hundreds of years. So, And that could be what's going on here, too. I'm just saying, when I look back on our, on our classical science theory in a variety of, of subjects, it seems like we're off base for a long time and then we have a breakthrough of knowledge that helps us understand things better. So I think it's, yeah, I like that. I mean, so, you know, I'm not assuming that our medical knowledge is at its apex, you know, as we, as we start to understand the body more, the functioning of electricity in the body more, as our knowledge increases, we may come to find that we're off base on certain things. So we usually do. And maybe including this, you know, um, Well, would you postulate in what way? I'm just saying, you know, I don't understand virology in the sense that is it the best thing to try to vaccinate everybody? And then, you know what I mean? That's my understanding right now is you you have a problem, you come up with a medicine for it and you fix it. That's my understanding. In 500 years, will we understand virology in the same way or will we understand it in a different way? Like maybe maybe if trying to vax everybody isn't the right thing. Maybe you should only try to vax a certain population. Right. Now there's some arguments. Um, there's some arguments that we should be vaccinating people who are compromised, people that are very susceptible. Those are the people we should be. That maybe it's important for this this virus to run through the healthy population so that we can defeat it with herd immunity. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that that's true. I'm saying that is something that I've heard, you know. That and... sounds counterintuitive to me. And 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 maybe it sounds counterintuitive to a lot of people. I, maybe it I, sounds I think... counterintuitive to me. I don't, I'm just saying it's... it's... Well, our, so vaccine in the U.S. has not um, been as... as um, high up there as in most other countries, uh, at least, you know, right. Let's say the, the industrial world, right. The rich nations. Um, and where it hasn't, um, you know, been up there, for instance, the United States deaths are greater. Uh, we've had the highest death rate from COVID of, any country in the world. I mean, there's a lot of factors at play there. I mean, uh, some polls that they've done have suggested that a certain number of people didn't get it because they didn't believe it was free or didn't think it was free. Is that right? Yes. I mean, and, and the reason for that is, of course, nothing is free here, and especially medicine and the hospital. So people are hesitant to go in to get the thing because they think they're going to get a bill later. <laughs> All right. I mean, wow. it's sad. I didn't realize that was a thing. I thought it was more than. Um, well, I guess if, I guess if if in some places where you know people are anti-vax, that kind of push that a little bit. Because I never saw the word "free" attached to any of this, the whole time, no matter where I lived. I mean, it was come get your vaccine, schedule your vaccine. Here's where you can get the vaccine. 
It was nothing about co- it was nothing about it costing anything, but it definitely wasn't being marketed as free. I uh, I saw I saw Biden early on um, say that though. What are we gonna at, at What no are we gonna do about him something. when he falls asleep during a State of the Union address? What are we gonna do? <laughs> Who's gonna run for twenty twenty two? Is a big problem. This is a big problem. Yeah, that's part of what we learned on on uh, Tuesday. Yeah. I noticed they're not challenging the election in Georgia. You mean Virginia? No, the, uh, in Georgia, too. There was a mayoral or something. <laughs> oh, really? Right. <laughs> Republicans won, and, and there hasn't been any rumblings about a recount. I guess, I guess yeah. Georgia fixed its problem. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Such hypocrisy. I'm worried. I'm worried about him. I'm worried about Biden. I'm worried. Well, I, I don't think I am because so. All right, you've never my first choice. Coming into it, I was going, okay, well, he's he's our guy, and then I liked what he was doing more than I thought. It was more progressive than I thought was going to happen. But as soon as he's in, he's jumping right on these progressive programs. So I, great, you know. So then these, you know these things you know some of them just bad optics some of it yeah really joe you know and so yes there's there's been that and and um however what was apparent was he had a team and he was listening to that team and that's our saving grace as a matter of fact that's why trump couldn't do any worse damage to the country that he did as bad as it was were there were people in the room that were you know had their finger on the escape key. You realize we we might have not seen the last of Trump or the worst of Trump. Well, I know that's the suggestion. Well, what could possibly happen in 2024 is the losing of both houses and Trump back in office. Can you imagine Trump with a, with a full Congress? All you fascists. Oh yeah, it'll be the heyday for the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I guess our that, numbers will go through the roof. Our numbers. I guess there's a silver lining in all of this. <laughs> I mean, really, this is a this is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Once again, I I'm trusting the team that's behind him, and I think it's I think they are smart people. Um, I know some of the most liberal people you would ever meet, like like as far left as you, the plane would not fly. Okay, like so far left that are that are now anti-Biden, anti-Democratic Party. Do you know what I mean? Well, they're not saying they're Republican. They're not claiming that they're Republican, but they are anti-Democrat now. So is the answer split the Democratic Party and and start the Progressive Party for real? Uh, The Republican Party would be very happy about that. They would be happy about that. Absolutely. That keeps them in power for I'm another 30 still, years. Right. I, well, I'm still not com- completely certain that a progressive party couldn't pull it off. Being the party. Yeah. Taking Being half the, of the Democratic Party and taking enough Republicans. Yeah. Now, hmm, yeah. So it seems like. I mean, I, I don't know. The uh, the stimulus, the Build Back Better bill, ha- had pulled up in the high 60s. Uh, everybody, population of the United States, high 60s on most of the, the program. And so that polls well. And it's totally progressive. So could... Could they carry it across the finish line? I think it's 40, 30, 30. I agree with you. I think 40% of the country is progressive, and then the other 30 are stuck in, in some version of Republican or Democrat. Yeah. And then, it's, and then it's rich guy money that carries the day. And obviously, you know, the younger group is the progressive group, is the youngest of the groups uh, by makeup. Um, so over time, of course suggests that that's right. the future that's the future yeah right i mean 
you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. But but a number of those will get sucked into one or the other at some point. What do they say if you're if you're not a rebel by twenty, you have no heart. But if you're not conservative by thirty, you have no brain. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, some they'll lose some membership. Um, I think it's forty thirty thirty. I think that is the controlling consensus. They just don't have any representation. You know? I, I I I I don't think you're far off on that. We got a big problem here. Twenty twenty two is a big problem. It, um, it's not. Well, it's not trending. Another, it's not trending well. It'll be another, you know, bellwether for all these bellwethers. It, but it'll be an, <clears throat> another indication of the the mood of the American people. And it's all on the COVID. It's all about the COVID. If if we're still still dealing with this in June, July, the Democrats are in big trouble. You got to have at least two or three months of the thing humming, everything open. Everybody's making a ton of money, humming, humming, yeah, humming. Yeah, that, that was so. That was the hope, and that was the even the expectation that Democrats will get in there, smart people back in the room, good governments, good governance will be happening, and you know, and and enough people will see. Oh God, this is better. Then you know, it'll be, it'll be on from there. <laughs> However, that's not exactly what has happened. Well, the stock market's held. Certain things have held. Certain things are hanging in place, ready to go. There's a lot of money ready to be made. Of course, it's hard to get the products on the shelves. There's a number of things here uh, that are happening. Got to fix it. And the COVID thing, we can't be still arguing about vaccine mandates in July, August, September. We can't still have that be a conversation or or it's over. It's over. It's January 4th is... Mandated for most large companies. A hundred or more, right. Yeah. So we'll see how that works. It has to work. <laughs> I mean, we we need to be, there can be no more anything COVID. Can we clear this by June? Impossible, right? We have so another... how did this become a political thing? Well, the parties were happy to make it a political thing. They were They were happy at the beginning. While Trump was in office, the Democrats were very happy to make it the central issue. Did they? They absolutely. Or was it, they absolutely or did. Was it, uh, or was it Trump seeing? Wait a minute. Um, if we got a COVID thing happening, um, it, that could hurt the economy. That could hurt my chances at re-election. Well, well, that's what it almost looks like. No. Well, that's. So oh, you're was, right. You're absolutely. He right. was right. poo-pooing, if I can use that expression. Um, sure. The the vaccine. He was uh, masking. All of that. He was saying it's not a big deal. You know. Right. If you remember. Oh yeah. We, yeah, yeah. we got this. We got right. this. And then you know, seven hundred thousand deaths later, here we are. Now, here's the other thing. So, January, twenty twenty one, we just we just passed three hundred thousand deaths. We're at seven hundred. Another four hundred thousand deaths has happened since the vaccine came out. Right. And you can you can with the example of other countries uh, doing much much better with their vaccines, you can lay that right at the poor uh, level of vaccine that we've had here. Um. What are you saying? And where does that come from? That comes from absolutely right. Conservatives. Well, I mean, right when it started, sides were chosen. The Democrats were very zealous about trying to get everything shut down as quick as possible. Uh, yeah. Of course, Trump was resistant because you know he's riding on the economy. Um, and I think that's what made it political. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If Trump had said everybody's got to get out there and get the vaccine, you know, um, we got to beat this thing. I don't think it would have been a political thing. Yeah. I the think Democrats it would, have would have been on board. And then the Republicans would have then been on board too. If he just said that. He might've got reelected. And he might've got reelected, right? If he'd have taken that stance, he might've got reelected. The irony. Cause it was clear by what, you know, last November that, um, what our government was doing was not working. Well, and that's what was sold to the American people was the idea of, hey, everything's fucked up right now. And the reason why is because the the administration didn't do the right thing. 
and handle yeah. this. So now we need to get the right thing in place. So now here we are. It's it's we're one year since election where he's been in office 11 months, 10 months now. Yeah, which okay. Uh you can't do a lot in that amount of time. All you can do is, is change all you can do is change the course in those months and and get it going in a different direction. And it's a year so year we've one year. So got 3 years to say, okay, uh how's this working now, you know? Does he have 3 next years? Year might be a different thing. We have 3 years. Three years. Does does Joe Biden have 3 years? Right. <laughs> I know then there's that. Uh, you know, I, do we have Congress for 3 years? Because we got to, we, I mean, you know, there, there's there's a fair chance that uh, that we'll lose it in twenty twenty. I don't know. I don't want to say that. I mean, uh, you know, I don't think it's safe to say that at this moment. But I mean, it certainly is not a foregone conclusion. Well, and there's still time. There's still time. Hard to say. And then, you know, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Virginia is a great bellwether. Um, it's, I mean, they went for Biden by ten points. So, and then now they've you know, elected a Republican governor. What does that say? I'm not completely certain. I mean, it could say something about gerrymandering. I mean, I don't, you know, does that mean, does does that mean Virginia, you can color in Virginia red in 2024? I don't think so. Um, well, I mean, I, that doesn't tell us anything about gerrymandering actually. Um, cause you know, that, that's a statewide vote. It's not a district vote. Or a county vote, even. No, I mean Mr. Jerry Mandering. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald Mandering. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Governor of no. Okay. Eldridge Jerry. Eldridge Jerry Mandering. Yes. Well, that's uh, that's where we get it from, and and he was uh, he was a politician at uh, you know the first wave of politicians, seventeen eighty nine. Who's the uh, founding father that said if fascism comes to America, it'll come cloaked in the flag? Somebody said um, that. Well, I mean, the term fascism didn't exist in <sighs> 1789, but... Um, Let's pretend it did. Tyranny, I think, was the term. Yeah, that's what I said, tyranny. Or, you know, you might, that might be an H.L. Mencken quote. Oh yeah, that's right. That is Mankin. Well, I consider Mankin a founding father. So I do too. Thank you very much. And Edgar Allan Poe, also. And Edgar, throw Edgar in there. J. Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're in we're in big trouble, and you know, part of it is just um, we we get kind of locked into our our theories a little bit. Yeah, defund the police. Uh, I don't think that hold as well as, and as you know, people hoped. Uh, we got Rittenhouse on trial now. That started. Uh, yeah, that'll be kind of interesting. And, and actually, once again, a, a Democrat—I mean, a, a political bellwether—how that flies. It looks like there's a some judges are coming forward and saying that there's an issue with the jury selection. Um, in Kenosha, right. Kenosha, the population is forty percent African American. Uh, there's one African American juror. Mm-hmm. So you're missing. You're missing three. Um, it, it, you know, if you want the jury to be representative of the population. One has one juror has already been kicked off for telling a joke about the police shooting of um, Jacob. Right. So, so you know, some of these jurors may disqualify themselves. You know, I don't know if the alternates are going to be much better, but you know. But then you got the judge telling them they can't call the people that were shot victims. Right. <laughs> so I, you know, you, is that in a case? The judge's state of mind? I don't know. Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> there is no confusion at all about that. <laughs> well, so apparently this judge has said similar things in other uh, court cases that using the term victim is prejudicial to, you know, the murderer. So, so you know, the guy who bought the gun for him because he was underage... 
you know. So oh, yeah. his friend, who's a, a couple of years older, who got him the AR-15. Yeah. Um, you know, he that's a you know, he he's committed a big felony there by doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, he he got a gun. Yeah. For, he got a gun for somebody that wasn't eligible to have one and the and the and then a crime was committed with the gun. So it's he he could go to jail for a, a number of years. So wouldn't that be ironic? Well, it would seem that if he's Ritten going to get off on uh, on self-defense and this guy yeah. gets it for Oh yeah. giving him the gun. Sure. The self-defense gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a video came out uh, yesterday that uh, showed Rittenhouse trailing one of the victims. So not 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 quite exactly the story. Yeah, and he was not in, um, you know, performance of his announced task defending <clears throat> businesses in, and you know, in town. His announced. I mean. He, it's not his task to announce. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's not. That's not how it works. I can't decide that he I'm a soldier. Left, he had left the car lot that he was, you know, quote unquote, protecting. Um, once the police had actually cleared that area, and so he marches into where the protesters were. Right. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Well, two dead. Mm-hmm. That's that's what can go wrong. And I guess it was a random gunshot that set him off in one case. Uh, you know, a gun was fired randomly. All uh, right. So now, 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 all of a sudden, self-defense, right? Yeah, somebody hollers gunfire. Yeah, the kid's 17. He's crossed state lines with this weapon that's not he shouldn't even have. And his 17-year-old lack of judgment is certainly a factor here. You know, you see the kid. Why a seventeen-year-old is not allowed to be running around town armed? You know, and of course, as you as you prepare to send him to prison for however many years, he looks like Jerry Mathers. You know what I mean? This kid's gonna get. Yeah, he does. This kid is gonna get. Look like the beef. He's gonna get absolutely obliterated in prison, right? Well, depending on what kind of you know protections they give him for that. Well, I'm sure they're gonna need to. He'll, yeah. he'll need to be in some type of, you know, sequestered situation. Yeah. I mean, what a disaster. What, our prison system? Well, I'm just saying political rhetoric making this happen. I mean, we put, again, this can be put squarely at the feet of, of political division and, you know, propaganda. So, you know, I, I want to look at some, some past altercations um, like, you know, the Civil War, uh, the American Revolution even, to, to, to try to get a sense of how much, uh, well, to use the modern term, fake news um, was a part of, of uh, you know, pushing people in the directions that, that they went. Well, it's usually the deal, and, you know, right? I mean, can, uh, you can go back to Nazi Germany, you know. I mean, it's, it's always part of the deal. It's part yeah. of the deal, yeah. And because somebody is going to tell the story, whether they believe it or not, sometimes they do believe it, um, that will push their ideology the best. And that's... Well, it's groupthink, right? Identifying with... Yeah, sure. So, you know, so now you start approaching all information from, from a perspective of not an individual looking at it, but a group. You're representing a large group that feels these things. So... Yeah. So now what's this information? Mm, okay, that's bullshit. You know, oh, that's true. That's it. Like, there's only it's, two choices uh, now. How do you determine what is true? Probably I think the most important question you can ask yourself. I mean, my personal feeling is in a case like this with the politics thing, uh, if, if something is true, it's by accident because that's not the qualifier. Right. <laughs> that's that's not the way it's being judged on the front side. Is this true? No. It's it's does this toe the party line? Does this you know. So what's weird is January seventh, Antifa did it. But now it's we've got a right to de- attack tyranny. Right. So, you know, that Antifa did it. I don't. I, I haven't heard that in months. Well, you missed it. There was a step in between, which was uh, nothing happened. They were just tourists. So yeah, that, 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 right, 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 right. Yeah, you're right. That step <clears throat> of, uh, you know. So Antifa, yeah, Antifa did it. The FBI was in disguise. They did it. Uh, nothing happened. They were just tourists. Uh, we have a right to overthrow. 
Yeah. Full, yeah. Full. And by the way, uh, Daily Plaza in Dallas, uh, where, you know, faith, oh, right. Kennedy <laughs> faith, faithfully lost JFK his life. Jr. Well, you know, of course, a bunch of QAnon people gathered there, hundreds and hundreds, uh, waiting for the triumphant return of John F. Kennedy Jr., who has been dead for 23 years. So uh, that's that's what's so weird, is this stuff sounds so laughable. And he it's wasn't a, he wasn't a Republican also. So <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I read George magazine. He was definitely not a conservative. What 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 is that? What what, what is that? What happened there? What happened in Daily Plaza? There was a lot of people there. Um Do you QAnon. those people really believe that JFK Jr. was gonna show up, right? Yeah. Well, um, they believe in ghosts. They believe in, in, well, I believe in ghosts. <laughs> they, no believe, they believe that, uh, you know, Jesus Christ is gonna, you know, return. And is that really it. part of it? Cause that's like, I thought that was like Christ, Christians believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. But, um, most of most of those people, most of the QAnon people, you know, have some level of of uh, very conservative Christian dogma that's involved with it. Question is, if Jesus does return, will he be stopped at immigration and not let into the country because he doesn't have documents? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Turns out Jesus did come back, but he was killed by a drone. So <laughs> it's uh, kind of a bummer, kind of a, you know, talk about it happened last year. Talk about egg on our face. I mean, you know. oops. well, he was in secured airspace, so he, he really. Yeah, right. He didn't do what the cop said. Most Christians would not feel comfortable sitting next to Jesus on an airplane. So I don't know how you get around that. That's yeah. that's the real miracle finding 12 blonde-haired blue-eyed people to in the Middle East <laughs> in 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 the 4th century. Um I know. What do you do? I mean, that's that's the that I mean the How do you know what's true? By what method do you determine what's true? Well, certainly with the glut of information uh, and 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 some questions about truth. You can safely assume that a lot of it isn't. It can't all right. be. Okay, so, well, the best way is, of course, the physical evidence. But that's not what we're really talking about here. We're talking about, you know, look, looking at the news and what did you know? What did people who are running our country? people that I put in power, what, how are they using that power? I mean, you gotta, at some point, believe what somebody tells you. Do you? Well, in order to figure out what's going on around here, you do. So, and it's not, but here's the deal. I, here, my, my method is cast my net as broadly as possible. I, so I, you know, I listen to Tucker Carlson. I, I listen to, you know, Anderson Cooper. I listen to Rachel Maddow. I, you know, I listen to, you know, the broadest range of, of, uh, of news commentators that I can. And from that, I can, I, I get a sense of, you know, who's spouting propaganda, who's spouting news. <clears throat> I mean, for me, it's always been the graffiti, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I've sure. always trusted the graffiti more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But have we reached a point now where the graffiti also cannot be trusted? Yeah, right. And what do we I have hope. left? Like what do we have left? Well This show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen to us. The answer we is this show. Right. <laughs> no one's buying our voice yet. And you'll know the moment that it happens. <laughs> the moment that you can stop trusting us, you'll that'll be painfully obvious. Yeah. <laughs> right or no? Uh, you, you've got a point. 
so so enjoy this. These are these are the salad days. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm scratching my head, particular, you know, and especially since Tuesday, scratching my head even harder. Yeah. Um, who? Where are we going? Um, once again, I don't take too much indication from the Virginia loss, you know, Democrat loss. I mean, once again, Terry McAuliffe, he wasn't that all ex- excited. I don't think and, we're okay, yeah, just yeah. looking at the two yeah. guys' faces. Uh, the Republican was more handsome. Well, you know, people will vote for a more handsome candidate. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's how JFK got in originally. Of course, Mitt Romney. Of course, Mitt Romney's like, "What? What do I got to do here?" You know? <laughs> right. I'm six foot. I'm six foot eight. You know? He's a pretty good looking guy. Actually. I'm Gregory Peck. Why can't I get? Uh... <laughs> I'm Mr. Smith going to Washington. I'm Mr. Smith going to. Wa- I don't have an answer for Mitt. I don't have an answer, Mitt. I don't. I don't know why you didn't get elected. I really don't. I don't. Uh... To me, it's like you were better looking than Reagan. So, well, yeah. So, but he's got issues. He's Mormon. I guess that was a bigger thing than we all. I mean, no one talked about it, but they kind of did. Well, I mean, he was um, religious. You know, it seemed like at least you got a religious guy in there, even if it's okay, not so the right. Okay, so there was a thing about JFK and the Pope, and he was just going to get his marching orders from the Pope. And so didn't keep him out of office. It did not keep him out of office. Um, but the same issue came up with, with, with Romney when he was running for president. Like would, would the temple be directing him? Would the president of the church, the prophet, right. as he's called, right. would he, why would he go against him? You know? Right. And, uh, well, so I wrote an article about it saying, he probably wouldn't go against that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But the Mormon uh, church doesn't seem particularly aggressive to me. I mean, you, you think if they had the ear of the president, then they might be? That's what you're saying? People were afraid of that on some level? Yeah, I think, I forget what it is. I think Mormons are about 50-50 on, on Obama, though. You know, so, I mean, hmm. yeah, yeah they're, they're not, some really hardcore conservatives are Mormon, hmm. to be sure. But they run all the way into, you know, Democratic territory as well. So, um, hmm. and uh, I've got, I've got, you know, Mormon family that are even Bernie supporters. See, Trump has ruined me for assessing presidential candidates now. Yeah. Like, I can't judge anybody now after, after Trump. I mean, there's just no way of knowing now, you know. He, he's lowered the bar. Well, you know, right he's really That's lowered he's really lowered the bar so you know they people can get away with anything now i don't trust anybody um was was so was virginia any kind of referendum for for trump no i think virginia like I, you know virginia is a referendum against mandates and con, the continued this con, it's against covid that's what virginia is yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's a it's against uh, CRT. It's against defund the police. It's against you know some of these things that some you know Democrats were drumming pretty hard on. That's the mess. It's like it's there's no more debate. It's just it's just name calling now. Yeah, debate has ended. Well, how do you debate dog whistles, you know? Well, that's a good point. I don't you know. don't, uh, you know. as it turns out. And that's why I think, you know, the way to win, I mean, it's pretty obvious the way to win is to motivate and marshal the youth voter, the 15, 16, 17-year-old that's about to be able to vote. You know what I mean? Going after that, that's the group if you want to win. But nobody seems to be doing that. Well, I I think in in Virginia they won with the older white vote. You don't need voting reform. You just need to have a a, a regi- national registering initiative for young people. That's all you need. 
I mean, there's 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 another twenty percent there that's not even voting. That's you, that that's your group to put it over the top. You know, all you got to do is get them to vote. Well, right, and that seems to be have been an issue in in Virginia as well. Young people didn't vote quite right. so much. They're happy to have young people. Both parties are happy to have young people disconnected from the process. Both parties are. And the party that could really benefit right now isn't doing it. And that that tells me that the whole thing's uh, fugazi. If you were in democratic leadership, wouldn't you be wouldn't that be the mantra? Like let's get people registered to vote? Wouldn't that be the mantra? I I I I think that's what worked in in Georgia in, you know, 2020. Totally worked in Georgia. Absolutely. Get, get out the vote. Get that young vote. Get that black vote. Get you know. Get. Um, it's the key to every election. Get people registered. Get them out to the polls, or get the, their ballots in the mail. You already know how. And you know how most eighteen-year-olds are going to vote. You know that. I think supporting mail-in in balloting is is as would have the effect of getting more people voting. How about universal registry like other countries do? Yes, absolutely. Like, why have we not done that? Weird, right? Well, because people who benefit from it not being in place. Yeah, uh, i.e. the sitting government. They're in charge of the cookie jar. Let's just say it, i.e. the Republican Party. Well, i.e. the Democratic Party party as well. want a lot of people to vote. Well, but I'm saying the Democratic Party doesn't either. They all have their hands in the cookie jar. They got a deal worked out. I'm telling you, all the Democrats would have to do is do a national initiative like that, and they would win every election forever. But they don't do it. They don't do it, though. Well, I I think... To a degree, they are doing it. And once again, I've mentioned Georgia got two uh, Democratic senators out of the deal. Georgia had a nice initiative. Basically a Republican state. Yeah, they 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 had a good thing going. Arizona as well went blue. Yeah. You know, on on younger voters. That's the thing about cinema, too, that's that's kind of interesting is um, she was elected basically by progressives in Arizona. And they're pissed now. Yeah. At her. Yeah, she's one term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not what we elected you for. Yeah, th- this was a caveat we hadn't considered, which is fa- <laughs> fake progressives. Maybe she should switch to the, the Republican Party and she'd have a better chance. Would that be shocking? I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the setup here. All right. I mean, they've learned if you talk the talk, you can get some votes. So, I mean, that's the whole deal of politicking, right? Electioneering. That's the whole well, thing, pretty, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, if it if it's a person that's not been in office before, that's all you got. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe you make enough money being a one, one-term senator. I guess you make enough money doing that, right? Probably. I mean, you think Manchin's doing this for free? Mansion is doing this for Cole. Yeah. So this ain't free. He ain't doing this for free. He's 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 you know, he's he's he is is protecting the interests of his constituents and donors. I mean donors. Yeah. Right. And you know, and there's there's more than just um donating to campaigns that's involved in this. I, I, I think there's there's business deals that happen too. Yeah. Um Oh, yeah. Because you're a senator, that would not otherwise happen. And I don't think they appear in emails and contracts either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Trump was open about it. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, because he had hotels, you know, that he didn't divest from, and uh, you know, his, his his own children in in you know leadership positions and his golf courses. His golf courses, these all, you know, there was so many conflicts of interest between his presidency and his business interests. Um, uh, it was, I, it was really to a level that was unprecedented. I mean, it would seem until you divorce big money, corporate money from politics completely. Um, and like you said, that, that doesn't necessarily stop it. Um, I don't know how you get rid of lobbying, but you need to. Otherwise, you know, the, the voice of the average person, it, 
doesn't mean much. Certainly not next to big money. I mean, it, it, lobbying would happen if there was lobbying or not. That's what we need to understand. So, <laughs> you know, in the sense that this this way allows us to at least track some of it. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I'm not going to name companies, but I think companies with interest are going to try to exert that influence, right? Sure. Well, right? So is it better to have some framework that they can cheat with and blah, 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 just so we can keep an eye, some eye on it? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Should senators have to wear name tags with the companies <laughs> that back them, like uh, NASCAR drivers? Oh, that I like, yeah. Right. <laughs> It'd be nice when a guy's speaking for there to be like a little shell oil thing or some, you know what I mean? Like a pharmaceutical deal or something. Yeah. You know, just so we know who's what, talking. What happened to that full disclosure deal? It used to be a thing. Well, I've given up on people and the country and life really. Uh, so how, how are you doing? Well, I haven't given up. I've completely given up. <laughs> I, you know, because I don't know where we're going yet. Um, I, it's, it's not looking as good as I thought a few months back. I don't know where we're going, but it does seem like the ground is rushing up awfully fast. So, do should we level the plane out or? Not yet. We're gonna get a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a mountain. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not ready to, you know, jump out of the plane with a parachute yet. I'm just looking for a parachute. <laughs> so. I'm staying with the plane for the moment. Um, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little more concerned, but I'm not without hope as, as well. Well, hearing the crying from the cockpit is not filling me with, you know, a lot of... <laughs> But people deal with stress in different ways. Sure, yeah, maybe it's a the pilot and a and a steward is having sex or something. Yeah, I'm getting a colonoscopy next month. For real? For real. Oh damn! So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, indeed, and Jesus wept. <laughs> well. Good luck with that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I met the doctor who's going to do it. He, he wasn't making a lot of eye contact with me, so that kind of well. made me feel dread. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, it can happen, and then you go on, and now you're okay. Okay. Sounds I good. Mean, that's a possibility, too. That is a possibility, too. <laughs> Uh, I'm doomed. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to. Did we do the normal thing or? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was I was happy to hear uh, Woody Guthrie again. We're going to go back to our regular, you know, our regular theme music, but just in for nostalgia's purpose. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, but we're gonna do uh, we're gonna end here with with nicey nice nicey nice blue wonderful silky smooth sounds. Good morning. Look, we we said earlier the reason we went back Good is morning. because fascism is still alive and we have to fight it, and that's true. And of course, yeah. the the other reason is, um, you know, you, you you just couldn't get it together as an audience. <laughs> so it's your fault. It is absolutely your fault. I have no idea why you have connected with this title. Um, <laughs> And even though I begged you many times to to switch over, you didn't. You wouldn't. Hey, and if you like snark, it is snarky, all you wonderful people. It is snarky. Okay, well, now it's like, you know, I don't know what it is now. Now it's just now it's just sitting there. That's going to redirect then, I guess? Apparently. All right, so welcome back to all you fascists. And, uh, you know, we are thankful. So I am gonna go return to my uh, <clears throat> making my. I got a. I've got a uh, a big pot of chili that I'm cooking. Mm. Can you smell it? No, but I wish I could. I'm starving, yeah. but uh, chili chili sounds great. Yeah. Uh, have a wonderful day, everyone.
Have a fascist. Have a wonderful day, everybody. <laughs> have a fascist New Year. Have a fascist New Year. Um, <laughs> well, let's not. <laughs> everyone do their part, and um, I don't have any and more we, advice. We'll to... do ours. We'll give it a shot. James, thank yep. you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you to the listeners, and uh, this has been all you fascists.